0: This is the Horse Radio Network.
1: This is episode 201 of Horsemanship Radio, brought to you by Hands-On Gloves, the all-in-one revolutionary bathing, grooming gloves. Horsemanship Radio is a part of the family of the Horse Radio Network, and today we have two young people that are shaking it up in Horsemanship. This is Debbie Laux, and you're listening to the Horsemanship Radio. Thanks for joining us. Horsemanship Radio airs on the 1st and the 15th of the month, and I have my producer, Jen, with me today. Hi, Jen. Greetings, Debbie. There she comes. How are you? I'm doing great. Have Have you been on any
2: recent adventures out there in California? You mean beyond the gate?
1: beyond the gate (laughs) beyond the gate has a
2: different meaning (laughs) oh i
1: guess (laughs) no mostly riding adventures. so i have been doing some trail riding around the farm because we're building some trails around the farm and yeah it's pretty fun jen i'm glad you asked yeah it's 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 been fun now remember this were flower fields in 1966 before they built the farm Mm -hmm. so we're pretty flat We're not as flat as Ocala. Maybe (laughs) you have a little bit of terrain there. Not a ton, but you have a little bit. We have a little. Yeah, we have a little mountain behind us, but it's not what I would call a mountain. I suppose call a hill. But in um, in Ocala, I think. What do you? You have mounds. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. For us, for us,
2: terrain here in Ocala. um, To do hill work with Nigel, I I ride in and out of the little swales alongside the road. (laughs) Swales. Yeah, that's hill work, so yeah, I, I get the whole flat thing, but you, I've been out to, to uh, Flag is Up, and you have a little bit of terrain, so you are out there riding around sort of I doing know. some testing to see where you want to put which
1: obstacles? having so much fun. Yes, exactly. We're putting obstacles in the infield. We're making a mountain trail. So uh, that is part of it. But also, uh, you know, there's there is some property that just is not used except for the deer. The deer use it a lot. but We don't use it a lot. And I'm reclaiming some of the land. Oh, neat. Yeah. Because some of the views are spectacular, you know, west towards the ocean. We don't have the ocean view, but we go through a pass and, and we get some beautiful sunsets that way. And then there's the, the morning sunset that comes over the mountain where Reagan country is, you know, it's Reagan's ranch. Rancho Cielo is on the other side of the valley, which is up on uh, a mountaintop too. So we, you know, if if we, we'd have to get in a trailer to really do some mountain climbing, but around the ranch, you can, you can get some great sights, and there's great, you know, um, desensitizing areas. (laughs) and, And we have deer, we have all kinds of um, little critters. And so it, it's it's fun. And that's what I've been doing. I have been creating something for people that want to come here and ride more often. What a concept. What a not concept. just on so not a like You get to come and visit and learn. You get to ride too. So yeah.
2: your vision for the trail course, do mm-hmm. you have any concept of about how many obstacles
1: mm-hmm. you're going to be able to put in? Well, he's given me a sketchy drawing. So we have... We have engaged Mark Bolander. Some people will know him from the mountain trail competitions that he and uh, he has a beautiful horse named Checkers, who's actually, um, I think he's a rugged lark horse, you know, uh, Lynn Palm, wrote mm-hmm. rugged lark. Everybody knows that name. And beautiful, beautiful horse, but super sensitive, super smart. So much so that he had to start creating obstacles that the horse could go backwards in instead of forwards because he needed to use his brain and engage his brain more. But mm-hmm. he does things like mazes and suspension bridges, um, rock climb scatters, log um, scatters, you know. Um, mm-hmm. uh, uh, everything looks like you could find it on a mountain. Mm-hmm. You know, it is built to to be like that, which we thought would be perfect for our infield because you don't want to look down on the infield and see, you know, cowboy curtains necessarily. So, so- and, yeah for folks who have not been to Flag is Up Farm, explain yeah. what the infield is. Oh, the infield, right. We have a mile-long racetrack that's been there since 1966, and it is iconic. It's a beautiful, beautifully manicured racetrack, and we do still train thoroughbred on it as well in the kindest most gentlest way we raised them up here and they had their first saddles and riders here and we have a starting gate at the at the one end of it at the south end of it and it goes toward you never see this a starting gate that the horses break to go toward their barns instead of away from there's all kinds of monty ingenuity built into everything here i think
2: that's interesting because most of the racetracks the the racetrack where they actually race Mm -hmm. most of the time the gate goes away from the (laughs) way
1: exactly (laughs) because it's the closest thing and logically in human minds you know you go like what's the closest spot to the you know yeah Yeah, make it easy Mm-hmm. No, not for the horses, because they're like, I don't want to go that way. I want to go back there. And I'm only, you know, a baby. I'm so just I'm a d- little
0: kid. <laughs> I want to go back to the third and be with my friends. Exactly.
1: Exactly, Jen. So we take them on that adventure ride, you know, out and about and all the way around. And then uh, when they they haven't, they're not even working on the racetrack yet. This is just their little baby steps. Yeah. yeah, Just going for a walk. And then their first walk through a starting gate, no closed doors or anything, has them looking towards their barn. Isn't that (gasps) genius? Oh, good. Let's go through that hallway so we can look at the barn. Go back to the barn. That's where I live. Yeah. Yeah, so it's all the psychology. So I'm also taking that psychology. I have Dad looking over all these plans for the mountain trail to say, you know, what would, how would a horse, what would the perspective be? And it's also in levels, so you can do it in hand. You can do it as an amateur, you know, um, just a beginner trail rider. But then you can look at the same obstacle, take it a different route, and be a pro at it. You know, I'm so excited to to watch this transformation. Yeah. That I can't wait to exciting. have you out here so you can give it its blessings. You'll, you know, break a champagne bottle over it or something. <laughs> it <It'll> be fun. <laughs> break, break a bottle of, of Shoshin over that. Yeah. Shoshin. Yeah. That's it. There you go. Uh, well, I, I want to share with people too, this, uh, these two guests coming up, you know, are this is the future of horsemanship. Uh, they're, they're not only thinking about, horse's health, but they're also thinking about people's health, uh, both in mentally and physically and everything. And so that's going with our theme in 2022, because we are going to do, be doing the movement again, our fifth anniversary now of the movement. And the movement was always about Uh, keeping horses healthier, keeping people healthier, and doing it in a way such that dad's concepts of gentle and nonviolent horse training make everything transform and sing in the best possible way. And so this year in the movement, we're going to be uh, talking a lot about facilities and how we house our horses and how we keep them moving and and being healthy. And I think both of our guests will agree that um, their mental and physical fitness is first and foremost, in their horsemanship. And so we're trying to stay ahead of those guys and uh, set the pace for uh, the next generation.
2: Cool. And we're going to get right to our first guest after we hear from our title sponsor, Hands-On Gloves.
3: Hi, I'm Monty Roberts. And am I excited to bring you the news of a revolutionary, new, all-in-one, shedding, bathing, grooming tool, Hands-On Gloves. They are fantastic. And you believe me, I've tried them all. Hands-on outperforms traditional curry combs, shedding blades, metal bristles, and all those things. Most animals will gravitate to you for more grooming and petting time. If you wear them, your animals will love you more for it. While using the hands-on gloves, you can easily handle water hoses, shampoo bottles, lead ropes, leashes, and anything you want with them on your hands. They are easy to clean and they massage muscles and stimulate circulation while helping to distribute natural oils for a healthy skin and coat. Hands-On is changing the way we bathe, de-shed, and groom our animals forever. Hands-On gloves. They are fantastic.
1: Ellie Stiller created Loping Down the Rail Fitness after she became a National Academy of Sports Medicine certified personal trainer, and she's also been showing horses for 10 years. Her program is designed to help those who are unable to ride consistently or effectively. She helps riders focus on more important things like timing, rhythm, and feel. Well, welcome, Ellie Stiller. Thanks so much. This is the first time I've had you on the show, and I'm really excited to hear about your new business. How are you?
4: I'm good. I'm really excited to be here. Thank you for bringing me on.
1: Oh, yeah. There's no doubt that you have a great story and a great idea. I mean, I love anybody who talks about being fairer to our horses and about being fit so that we ride a little bit better than a sack of potatoes up there. I don't know how horses put up with us sometimes, but, but, you know, I wonder that too. (laughs) Do you? I know. I'm sure you do. I I don't know how you're so patient with all of us, but I want to start kind of at a, at a dark spot with you because there was a point not too long ago where you were at a crossroads where doctors were telling you, uh, you know what, you may never train horses because of your back. Tell us about that period.
4: Yeah. So I always thought I was going to be a horse trainer, you know, from high school on, I just, I really loved going and working with horses and it was something I was really passionate about. And, you know, I didn't come from a background with horses necessarily. Like I'm the only horse person in my family. And uh, my parents were supportive, but you know I had to pay for everything on my own, with, you know horse related. And so I had, I guess you could say a little bit of an uphill battle, you know trying to be a horse trainer and uh, living in the Portland, Oregon area, unfortunately, you know there just aren't a ton of horse trainers out here. Mm-hmm. there's there's some. Uh, don't get me wrong. uh, And I have found them. (laughs) 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 But uh, yeah, so I always knew that it was going to be difficult. And, you know, anybody trying to be a horse trainer, you know, it's not an easy profession. But, you know, I was like, I was very stubborn. And I was like, you know what, I've had so many people tell me I can't do it, that I'm just going to go for it anyway. Mm -hmm. And uh, then unfortunately, I had a really bad accident. And it took me out of the saddle for Over six months, and even when I could get back in the saddle, I had to rehab for a while, and I could only walk, and then for a while I could only do walk trot. So, you know, that really changed my perspective on life, and you know, my career choices. And I decided that, you know, maybe this life isn't for me. You know, I also want to be able to start a family, and you know, family is really important to me. Mm -hmm. And I realized that if i had a career in horse training that i would always be subjected to you know injury and you know horses are unpredictable animals and so i decided after a lot of thought and a lot of looking at myself and my future that that's not what i wanted to do anymore mm-hmm. but i knew that i still wanted to be involved in the horse industry and uh so i've always had a strong passion for fitness as well in high school, you could find me in one of two places. It was either the gym or the barn. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I just decided, you know, hey, why don't I bring my two passions together and create something new? And so that's what I did.
1: You sure did. You have a great business now, too. Uh, and, and such yeah. an interesting COVID uh, spawning business, right? Yes. I mean, you're virtual. Interesting.
4: Yeah. Yeah. So I started the business about a year ago. So right in the thickness of COVID. So, you know, I, a lot of my business is online. I have clients all over the country, which is really cool. Um, And I think I actually, it's an interesting thought, but I actually think that starting my business during COVID Mm -hmm. uh, wasn't necessarily the worst thing because Mm -hmm. there were a lot of fitness professionals that were trying to figure out how to do virtual training you know, and that sort of stuff. And I watched a lot of podcasts and a lot of videos and I actually did work specifically with another coach who specializes in virtual training and she was able to teach me a lot. And I wouldn't have gotten to learn all of that if COVID hadn't made all these fitness professionals move online.
1: Right, exactly. So you started your business for these equestrian athletes that needed to focus on becoming stronger riders. And I love that theme. I I love that theme for stronger riders, not only because it's fair to the horse, which is, you know, our theme here, but also I like, I like women to be able to find their, whether it's a job or whether it's a business or some means of support, for their horses so it's yeah a, look at you you're combining so many things in in all the right parts for me and and i love yeah. how you've you've really used some of the most progressive things out there too so tell us a little bit about how you choose like the tools that you use like um the the pulse electromagnetic fields a PEMF massage you know and things like that are fascinating to me about what you find about them on not only horses but humans too
4: Yeah. So I, you know, I specialize in personal training and that's it, but there are a lot of other therapies out there that I find really interesting, like the, um, PEMF, the PEMF therapy. So I actually have one of my clients, she uses, she has a PEMF machine Mm -hmm. and she uses it on horses, but you know, she uses it on my back injury as well. Mm -hmm. And that's really helpful for me. And, uh, it's something that I would consider um, adding on to my business someday, okay. you know, adding that's something that in a, a field that I would like to explore someday. What does it you do? Know, as the business tell, grows.
1: Sure. Tell so, me wh- why is a dream. Yeah.
4: Yeah. So it um, sends electromagnetic pulses through the body and it can go, it's a therapy that can be used on horses and on people and really any animal. So it can send pulses up to 16 inches deep, which is really cool. Yeah. 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 So if you have a horse that has like a deep tissue injury, you know, the um, electromagnetic therapy can reach it. And it's just something that I find interesting and uh, something I would like to
1: explore for my business someday, potentially. Mm-hmm. I suppose you, as starting a new business, you have to kind of ramp up on what you can incorporate. What do you, What's the basis? Is it a yoga-based uh, program that you have? or? Um, so, yeah, yeah I
4: um, primarily specialize in balance, strength, and flexibility training. Okay. So my background is, uh, you know, I grew up playing a bunch of different sports. And uh, in high school, I really found a love for weight training. So, and that's the training that I use for myself the most. So I would say that that is the basis of my training. But a lot of my clients really struggle with their balance and their flexibility. Well, they can't start strength training, which is the goal, until they're balanced. You know, if I have a client who can't stand on one leg, Mm -hmm. I can't expect them to hold a heavy weight. So and you know, with horses, you know, you see a lot of people who unfortunately, you know, you can tell they aren't balanced in the saddle if, you know, they're flopping around a little bit or have trouble keeping their legs still on their horse or, you know, they have trouble posting, that sort of stuff. It, um, so I find that doing a lot of balance training is really helpful for my clients. There's a lot of equipment that's available to, you know, help people strengthen their balance. But I find that doing exercise on the ground with minimal equipment are just as effective. You know, since I do a lot of balance or um, a a lot of virtual training, I have to require my clients to purchase their own equipment. Mm -hmm. And, you know, obviously that's going to be tough for them if I require them to buy, you know, hundreds of dollars of equipment.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's so,
4: yeah, I had to be pretty creative in the exercises that I come up with with some of my clients, you know, to get effective exercise and without a ton of equipment,
1: you know, so uh, if, if you think do, about specific strengths for for the writer, what parts of the body do you work on first to make sure that they've got their balance? Like, is it leg lunges? Or I'm, I'm just imagining this. What? How do you start?
4: So it really depends. I have like a library of exercises that I generally like to use, but it really depends on the person. So before I start working with anybody, we always do a fitness evaluation first. And depending on what I see in their fitness evaluation, that's how I choose the exercises. So if I see somebody who really struggles, you know, uh, standing on one leg, then we're going to focus on a lot of single leg balance exercises, such as standing on one leg for 30 seconds. And then once they've mastered that, I'll kind of build it up and I'll say, okay, now you have to stand on one leg, but now you have to hold a weight while you're doing it. Mm-hmm. Or now you have to stand on an unstable surface, like uh, like a pillow or, you know, something like that. And then once they've mastered that, then I'll build them up. Okay, now we're going to step up onto a step. And so, you know, just I'll, starting mm-hmm. with a base exercise and then building upon it. Mm-hmm. And then once I feel like, they are, you know, pretty well balanced, then we'll start moving into more strength training.
1: Yeah, that makes total sense. I mean, incremental yeah. is a big word around horse training. So I imagine you have to do the yes. same thing for, for personal body training. Week. So yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And, and we did a, a class here one time it was real fun online that um, was yoga in the saddle on a Mustang. And, and the Mustang was very quiet and nice. His name is Tucker and he's lovely, but do you ever do any exercises in the saddle or is that like, does that come later? Or what do you think? Yes, I do. So it's something that I currently offer
4: in person only. I haven't figured out a great way to teach it virtually yet, but hopefully coming soon. Okay. (laughs) So I do offer um, a few different things in the saddle for horse people. The main thing that people are really interested in is I do teach horse yoga. I teach it every week at my barn. So I teach that in person. And then I do also travel to a few other barns in my areas um, every few weeks. And I work with them. So it's usually about a half an hour session and we just do different, you know, uh, balance and flexibility exercise in, in the, you know, on the horse. Mm-hmm. And I find it very beneficial for the rider because, you know, they're learning how to stretch different muscles in the saddle that they, you know, let's say a rider gets sore while they're riding and they need a stretch to help fix it in the mm-hmm. moment. I can help them with that,
5: yeah, you know, yeah.
4: and then. The other thing that I find really beneficial about the horse yoga is it strengthens that horse rider bond, which is super beneficial. Mm -hmm. You know, when we're sitting there, you know, doing kind of a bunch of weird things (laughs) on their back, you have to trust your horse that they're not going to blow sideways or buck you off.
1: Mm hmm. Yep, that's a so, biggie. Also, you have to tr- yeah. yeah, they have to trust you too when you're up doing weird things on top of their yeah, back, right?
4: We do some kind of weird compromising positions up there, you know.
1: <laughs> I love so, it. So,
4: yeah, I teach the group horse yoga. I do teach it individually as well. So, if somebody was like, "Hey, I really need help with this specific muscle. I would want to work with them individually. Mm-hmm. And then, um, I do also, uh, come up, I will do like a rider evaluation where, where I will watch them actually ride and then I'll give them different exercises to do in the saddle. So not necessarily yoga, but more strengthening exercises. Mm-hmm. And usually I put the person on a lunge line that way they don't have to worry about where they're mm-hmm. going or how fast or running into anything. And you know we'll work on a lot of different leg strengthening exercises, and I find that to be really beneficial for people who are wanting to work specifically on their
1: horsemanship
4: position. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, very good, very good. And you don't yeah. care—you don't care if it's a Western saddle, English saddle, um, nope. endurance. Okay, all right, good. So you have a Patreon page, which I love, and yes. uh, good girl. And uh, where do people find you? Where how do they get a hold of you?
4: So uh, I have a website, I have an Instagram, I have a Facebook, those are probably the best ways to find me. So my business is called Lopin Down the Rail Fitness. So you can find my website at lopendowntherailfitness.com. And then my Instagram and my Facebook are just loping down the rail fitness.
1: Okay, and that's loping without a G on the end of it. Not loping, but yes, not loping, loping down dot <laughs> railfitness.com. Yeah. And we'll have a, yeah. a link to you in the show notes, too, so people can go there and find you. And, and I hope you'll call Ellie. I think she sounds like a lot of fun. And uh, we all want to get in shape, so it's, you know, it's January here. So it's that time we talk about that stuff. But don't just talk. Let's do something about it, huh? Right,
4: right. You know, <laughs> you can talk all you want, but, you know... If you don't put in the work, you're not going to get anywhere.
1: That's right. Do it for your horse too, by the way. Okay.
4: Yes. Your horse. Yeah.
5: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Thanks, Ellie, for being on Horsemanship Radio. We'll have you back on. Call me anytime. Let's talk about American Harvest. I spoke with the founder, John Paracha, this last week to share how well our transition horses are responding to his equine hemp pellets. That's what we've been feeding them while they're being trained for their next homes through adoption. Equine hemp utilizes their raw CBD technology, and was designed by their veterinarian, Dr. Silver. They proudly utilize no chemical processing in the manufacturing of equine hemp, and it comes in four-pound, two-pound, and one-pound packages. To get some for your horse today, go to ahihemp.com. That stands for American Harvest, so it's A-H-I-H-E-M-P.com. And you can sign up to receive 10% off on your first order while you're over there, too. Adam Black of Adam Black Horsemanship was introduced to horses as a child by his grandpa, Dale Williams. His first horse was a 17 hands high, a Belgium cross mare out of a slaughter pen. Good for him. Adam took a top 10 finish in the 2015 Ohio Equine Affair. After that, he went to college to become a veterinary technician. When he ended up winning Ohio's Dirt Road to the Horse, Adam was hooked on riding. Then Adam won the Appalachian trainer face-off, and we pick up his story from there. Well, welcome, Adam Black. Is this your first podcast? It is. is. (laughs) (laughs) You just told me that, and I can't believe it, because this guy, listeners, uh, has been on a lot of media, uh, and his face has been around a lot, and we're really honored to have you on this show, and, and happy to have you on Horsemanship Radio.
6: Awesome. Well, thanks for having me. I'm, I'm excited to uh, to um, tell, you, tell you about me, I guess.
1: Oh, I, uh, you are sitting in the midst of kind of a heart central of Flag is Up Farms right now. Uh, typically, you hail from Ohio or tell, tell me a little bit about where your training center is.
6: Yeah, so I, I grew up in Ohio, born and raised um, uh, a couple hours um, East of Columbus, uh, small town, Dresden, Ohio, might, might recognize the Longer Burger basket. Um, <laughs> that's where I kind of grew up. Uh, uh-huh. But last year, 2000, uh, let's see, actually 2020, uh, oh. I built a facility in Grove City, Ohio, which is just south of Columbus. Um, and I've been training horses there um, and continuing to, to do my thing. Um, and you so, do it yeah.
1: well. Good, good. You do it well. But you're also pretty famous for a little place down in Appalachia somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) Am I saying that right? Appalachia. Yeah. Okay.
6: Throw throw an apple at you.
1: (laughs) Throw an apple at you. I learned that one. Thank you very much. I took a dinner to teach me that one. But um, (laughs) I am so excited to have you on about the the trainer face-off because you, you won the whole thing as a champion. And a lot of people Google Adam Black. Appalachian trainer face-off, and you will find out a lot about that program. But it's Heart of Phoenix that it is a fundraiser for. Tell us a little bit of how you hooked up with them.
6: Yeah, so back in uh, 2017 is where I kind of did the whole make it or break it um thing as far as wanting to train horses for a, a for a job for a profession um mm-hmm. I was a, a veterinary technician before and and always had been in, involved with horses but never in my wildest dreams can someone said oh you can make a you know living training horses and I thought mm-hmm. oh no no so there I had done a few cult starting competitions kind of get my feet wet to kind of you know ask myself can can I do this you know um and um did, did well with those. And then the power of Facebook, um, somebody tagged me in a post about this App- Appalachian trainer face-off and uh, through the heart of Phoenix and um, so i kind of looked into it and i thought well that's kind of neat you know it's a hundred day challenge um you you take a horse in and you do the best you can with it um so that started in in 2017 i I, to be honest i had no idea what i was doing it was it was the (laughs) first competition um with that and i just thought well here's another horse to ride so um that's that's kind of how it started with there and uh that first year there was eight competitors, um, and then five years fast forward. Five years later, um, this year there was over sixty horses in wow. it. So it's grown with that, and uh, we did well the first year. I won it the first year, and uh, then after that, the heart of Phoenix said, "Well, you, I can't go anywhere," so they uh, <laughs> invited me back, and I, I've I've done it for the for the last five years.
1: That's fantastic! And yeah. uh, but now I'm pretty much think you've probably won all the buckles you're going to win on that one. So are you, what's your bump up on that one? Are you going to judge and, and stay with them for that?
6: Um, so, yeah, the second year um, uh, they, they wanted me to come back as a competitor and, and I had some close friends that were like, no, you don't, you don't want to go back and, and, you know, ruin uh, oh, your chances of nice. keeping yeah. your title. And I, and I said, okay, I kind of get that. Um, but I, I told Heart of Phoenix, I said, you know, I'd like to help you out. You're a great organization. You know, I want to support you any way I can. Um, so they said, well, how about, you know, be a judge? And I said, perfect. Um, so I did that for, for the second year and then they changed the format and they invited me back again yeah. as a competitor. Um, Great. so even within that competition this year, they're trying to figure out, okay, cause they've had five winners. So they they've talked about how can we change this up, still stay on, um, you know, the path of what we want to do with these horses, but how can we, you know, um, challenge our returning champions, um, and, and go from there. So, mm-hmm. Um, I will definitely be involved with them in any capacity. So however yeah. they'll have me, I'll, I'll take it.
1: You're so sweet. You're such a kind heart too. And you're really good with horses. Uh, Dad has been talking about you at night, you know, after you, he sees you down there working and says your timing is incredible. Um, just loves um, to watch how you've taken up concepts. Um, you c- you come with concepts and uh, obviously at a high level. Um, but I, I got to ask you, what do you think you've learned here and, and how will you use it going forth? What are some of the things that you think, oh, man, I didn't have that one and I got yeah. that now?
6: Yeah. So, you know, when I came out here, I was like, I didn't know what to expect. You know, I, I knew who Monty was and I, I, I'd seen his stuff. Um, and I come out and I, I had a good grasp of the concepts. Mm-hmm. And uh, so now coming out here, it's awesome to kind of see it um on the forefront and see him him do that and and me work in front of him and and give me pointers here and there and, and what I've learned a lot about of this is is maybe the why to a lot mm-hmm. of things. You know, I've done them but maybe not understood kind of the mechanics behind them or or why this works the way it does. So that's been super cool to kind mm-hmm. of kind of fill in the missing pieces of Oh, now it makes more sense. So now that'll help me, um, you know, kind of explain it to others of, you know, why we do this and why it works and uh, things like that. So I've I've put quite a few of those under my belt now to, uh, um, you know, keep and and just it's just it was just really cool to kind of kind of know, you know, why everything works now.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. So why is. Yeah. So important if we understand how the horse is thinking then that does help with that why, which helps extrapolate what we can do to to guide them in it. Give us an example, maybe in the gentling pen, uh, uh, maybe something in a pressure and release, or is there an example that you can think of the why behind it?
6: Yeah. So kind of growing up, I've kind of figured out the hard way. Um, I, I kind of figured out this gig kind of trial and error. It never really took any formal lessons. Um, my grandpa got me started on horses, but I knew, I knew pressure. I knew pressure was the main thing with horses, but coming here, the knowing that they are into pressure, you know, as we're kind of training horses, we always think, oh, the horses move, uh, you know, away from pressure or, but really they move into it. So then that kind of re does a lot of rethinking on my part on, um, you know, I can get a job done this way with the, you know, the release of pressure and whatever, but actually in a sense, it's easier to do the kind of the opposite, kind of the work, work into pressure on, on certain things. So that kind of, that kind of was kind of neat to see, um, horses work a little bit different with that.
1: So. That's so uh, interesting. Yeah. yeah. And, and so into pressure, can you explain a little bit about? Let's say when you've worked with these, you're working with some gentlers, I know, some yeah. some, some horse, horses that are raised up on a mountaintop that are bred for bucking, which is really interesting anyway. And you've got some of the quieter ones. I it, Ralph Lawson owns these horses and has um, helped out in our Gently Wild Horse courses by providing these horses, too, in the past. But uh, these were brought in especially for you and, a, and another intern to work with, I know. Tell me a little bit about pressure and release with those.
6: Yeah. So, um, we started in the gentling pen, um, in the shoots and, um, you know, I, I have always experienced it when you kind of approach a feral horse or something, um, to that nature, you know, you, go to reach for them and they come into you which is kind of a weird concept and i think maybe a lot of people don't see that or don't recognize that at first and that was kind of like the first learning curve of um you know when monty and simon were saying like look the horse is coming into pressure and i never really thought of that um and and they under they kind of explained well you know when they're being attacked they're going to come into that pressure that that uh, predator or something that's going to get them and then they're going to kick and and um you know Get it away from them. So that was, that was kind of a cool cool little thing here. And, and you know, you just kind of uh, pressure release, kind of walk up to them. You know, I, I get the first touch, and you can see them kind of pushing into you, and then you release when they relax. And then as you kind of go back and forth a few times, you you see that that response becoming less and less. And then they become just more relaxed with that. So that Mm. was kind of a neat concept to kind of just have it put into words. You know, I've experienced that, but now it's kind of like, again, going back to that why and and, and the natural communication of what what this horse is telling me right now. You Um, can communicate
1: it. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. And I love that, too, where they do lean into you. But you don't act predatorial then, right? If you release, if you walk away and avert. Yeah, we've talked about on this before too. So what's been your interaction with Monty? How does it go on a sort of weekly basis?
6: Yeah, um, so the first interaction kind of wasn't planned. He was watching a... um, a couple of thoroughbreds being worked in the round pen. And we had just, I think we'd just come back from lunch and just kind of walk in there. So we we took the opportunity to kind of go up and see what we, he had to say and, and meet him and, um, you know, listen to the stories and kind of what was going on in the round pen right now. So it was a lot of just, you know, listening and just um, taking it all in. Like I said, I grew up um, you know, had read a few of his books and and knew who he was, but it was cool to just see him there and, and, and just as chill and relaxed and just, you know, welcoming as could be. So that, that was super awesome. And then a few days later, we, um, started working with uh, a few of the gentlers and just, um, you know, I've done a little bit of showing, so I kind of had that. Okay, it kind of had a job to do, um, so I wasn't intimidated. in but he didn't make it a, an intimidating, um, you know, scenario. It was just very easy, uh, you know, to to work in front of him, which I thought that was that was pretty cool.
1: Well, that's good. Well, that's because yeah. you're a cool cucumber. You, yeah, you, <laughs> nothing ruffles you much. How did that first join join up go? I mean, people are always a little bit a little. I'm doing a join up in front of Monty, you know? Sure.
6: Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it went well. I mean, it's, uh, looking back, I had some, vid- some people there to video and just, um, you know, to to listen to his commentary and kind of, uh, work in front of him. It was just, it just seemed, uh, it seemed like it just, I had done it for years. So that mm-hmm. was, that was a good feeling on my part too. to nice. feel like, okay, you know, I've got these kind of conce- concepts down and, yeah. and, uh, yeah.
1: What do you I mean, say to somebody who says join up doesn't work?
6: I, I would say come experience <laughs> it for yourself, you know, uh, because yeah. it, it really is. And, and um, it's, it's basic horse communication. You know, I, I tell people a lot, I said, it, training horses or working with horses is simple, but it can be so complex. You know, right. uh, if we break it down, like it's, it's a language and there's so many entities to it, but, um, ultimately, like if once you figure that out, like Everything you can anything you want to do with a horse, you're able to do, um, mm-hmm. and that's just coming back to communication and uh uh and reading their body language and then allowing them to read you um you know they're kind of mirroring us all the time, so
1: yeah, aren't they? Yes, it's true, and so when somebody says, "My horse is really jumpy i I think maybe we talk about diaphragmatic breathing, right <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so you're also, I mean, everybody loves working with the gentlers and, and, uh, and getting that experience. Cause where do you get that normally you do, but a lot of people don't, but transition horses are also part of your interning here. So we should talk a little bit about why you're here and, and what does an internship mean? Uh, you were chosen by heart of Phoenix to be sent out here as a uh, sort of their brightest and best, right. To learn some of these concepts to take back. Mm-hmm. So right?
6: Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, they, they reached out to me and they said, Hey, do you want to go to California? And I was like, okay, sure. Where am I going? They're like, Monty Roberts, you know? And I was like, Oh, perfect. Yes. Thank you. You know, like just jumped on that opportunity. Um, and you know, and then, then I kind of, figured out we we're going to work with, you know, feral or, or that kind of mindset of horses, but also the transition horses, the horses looking for a new home, yeah. um, you know, repurpose and things like that. And that's, you know, that's kind of where my heart has laid for a long time. It's kind of the, the horses that, um, you know, for any reason don't work out in some discipline or whatever and need a new job or, or um, you know, adopted or anything like that, uh, kind of give those horses a second chance and a, and a repurpose. And I think that's been, been pretty cool, um, for me to kind of do cause growing up, um, we didn't show, um, my family was very supportive in horses, but, um, you know, finances, everything like that. Say, so well, here's a horse. So as I got older, um, you know, I would, I would take horses from auctions and kind of ride them a little bit and sell them and, and things like that. So, and I saw a lot of purpose in those horses. Um, and, uh, so that, that's kind of where my heart lays right now to, um, You know, give those horses a second chance.
1: I love that, and I think that's really where the industry is going. Is is uh, keeping these horses in a vocation, right? It, even if it's uh, you know a giddy up and go, trail riding, anything okay. to keep them from languishing in mm-hmm. a pen somewhere. Yeah. Uh, tell me about, I know the transition horses are really important to our program and I so appreciate that you're here working with them too. Um, is there anything that we're doing with them? I, I'm thinking like long lining through obstacles or something. Is that something that you guys do already or was that kind of new to you? Building that top line here and, you know, working with those transition horses, even not in the saddle.
6: Sure, yeah. So I have done a little bit of that, but not to the extent out here. And that was kind of another another thing that... um you know, at first when they say long line I'm okay, I'm thinking, okay, the horse just needs to know left, right, back, you know, mm-hmm. just kind of the basics. But there's so much more to it in the long line and so much more you can achieve. Mm-hmm. So essentially you're riding these horses from the ground before you even get on the horse. Yeah. So that to me, you know, is a it could be um a benefit to a lot of people uh you know people that don't have maybe the confidence in themselves yeah. to be a kind of a decent rider so really they can do so much work from the ground um and that's really where it all all starts and then you know when you go to s- swing your leg up over for the first time it's like the horse has done this for years you know because you put in that work so i've seen a huge benefit um, and long lining, and then, um, you know, not just in the, in the basics with the gentlers, but even, um, you know, the off-the-track thoroughbreds that are essentially, you know, air quotes, broke to ride, but mm-hmm. this is a different style of riding. So now we've kind to kind of transition them to um, kind of the family horse or the everyday horse. Um, so I, the benefits of long lining there, I've seen tremendous uh, changes.
1: Yeah, that's great. I'm, I'm so glad that you're working with it. The, there's two dark bays, I think, you're working in the transition horse program right now. Um, and uh, we were talking the other day about BPP, B, BBPs, <laughs> initials for basic behavioral profiles that we put in them. So give us a few examples of what you're working with those two bays with right now. Uh,
6: yeah, so, so I just kind of went down through that list. And I, I think there's 14... Um, but you know the the to me it's it's something that every horse um you know should be able to know you know pick up the feet um you know take oral medications stand to be groomed ground ground tied um you know stand for for the tack um, a temperature blankets you know anything you you if you owned a horse, um, and your basic care that this horse should, should be able to perform. Um, so that's, that's kind of cool to kind of go through. And, and, and me, even when working with horses, that's always in the back of my mind. It's like, you know, I'm, I've got to prepare this horse, um, for their client to be able to, they can just go down essentially through this list and, and get everything done. So it's been cool to work on a couple different thoroughbreds here. Some excel in one, one portion and some, you know, need a little bit more help. And, and then, then it's finding that way to, to help this horse um, get to a, to a, a standard level. Um, so it's been neat, the variety here, because they all have different personalities and different quirks. So it's, it's neat to figure that out and help them along.
1: We'll follow them along. What are the names of the two bays that you're working with right now? Maybe they won't change their name. I don't know.
6: Sure. Yeah. So the one I've, I've kind of done a little bit more than the others. I kind of try to pick a different, different one each evening to just kind of mess around with, but there's Bumbadil. Um He seems to be one that, uh, um, you know, knows quite a bit, but you can kind of see he needs a little help here and there um, with things. Um, and uh, then Pippin would be another one that I've kind of played with a little bit. And um, so, yeah, I, I enjoy them both as, uh, as an individual horse and uh, they're fun to be around and uh, I'm excited to keep working with them.
1: That's awesome and those are OTTPs so really cool I I, I love the program I, I think that it's probably um, the best thing we've ever done here don't tell dad I said that but <laughs> but, but tomorrow is riding and I know that you spent a little time riding with my mom today which is kind of <laughs> yeah. cool I saw yeah. Bunny out it's there and perfect. Chrome out there yeah. So you're getting ready for a big shoot tomorrow. So we should let listeners in on a little secret that you're going to be having this episode is coming out. We had filming done uh, what is it, a couple of weeks ago now.
6: Yeah, two, two weeks ago. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. And then we're back tomorrow with the film crew and they're going to be doing what tomorrow?
6: Um, so we 're going to kind of show the progress of the gentlers um, for kind of the first half, so um, two weeks ago was their first kind of uh, on on camera with their first touch, so it was kind of the raw unedited like this is the horses hadn 't been messed with um, you know and, and everything went smoothly, but you could you could definitely tell as, as viewers that these horses weren't weren 't handled. Um, <laughs> So the last two weeks, it's kind of been not really crunch time, just going at the pace of the horse. But you know, we're excited tomorrow to uh, do some filming to show show the viewers the progress that these these horses have made. So that's that's super exciting. Yeah. Um, and then uh, just to add a little bit, you know, we'll do a joint up session, and then uh, just to kind of uh, a, a pro tip for me as far as um, my education as a horseman, you know, becoming more that finished rider, uh, growing up and whatever. Um, wrote a lot of cults and kind of getting them started and things like that. But as far as fine tuning myself and helping that horse go to the next level, um, that's, that's kind of what I reached out and I said, Hey, if we have an opportunity to do this, I would, I would, I would love to take that Mm -hmm. up, um, to get a few, you know, tips and tricks from, um, Monty and Pat and, and, Anybody, you know, to that's to great. Help. No,
1: was, yeah. so we're gonna do it. I know you were on a couple of brainers, so it sounds like we're riding in a western saddle for uh-huh. sure. Yep. <laughs> yep. And uh, maybe we talk about a little bit of a lead change, a little maybe a little pirouette spinning out there,
6: sure. Yeah, yeah all and right. That, and that's yeah, I'm excited. We we uh rode a little bit today to kind of get a feel for everything, so I'm excited uh, for tomorrow to um, see how it goes.
1: Well, that's great. That's great. I, I'm excited to hear how they um, take up the concepts with you, too, because, uh, you know, Dad, Dad said um, teaching you was like having a conversation, just not mechanical, you know, and I know what he means. He's, he doesn't have to tell you, put your hand here and, you know, make sure you do that. He's just telling you concepts and your your uh, muscle memory knows where to go with them. And that's that's the highest compliment, I think, for a horseman. Uh, which is really good your handwork is really good and um you know when to open when to close and all those things and you know now you interpret you know the predatorial language and the end of pressure you're going to be amazing so yeah so we're already speaking a certified instructor into existence so (laughs) but but if if you ever um if you wanted to go on with these what would that journey look like for you you know, I, I don't
6: know. It, it's and and, it, and it's crazy. You kind of speak of a, of a journey, looking back and just the fort the short five years that I've essentially as a profession trained horses and what I started out with and where what the opportunities I've had now. It's been just. It's been crazy to look back, and and one of these days I think I'll have a minute, real minute to sit down and really process it all. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I would be excited for the opportunity to become a certified instructor, and who knows, you know, it's so many different pathways that can that can take yeah. me down. So I'm
1: yeah, super excited. Yeah, be a great basis for for just about anything. We were just having a zoom call with the instructors from all over the world we had i don't know 40 on the call or so and it is so interesting to have a brain merge you know with so many continents so many cultures and and um it it really the basis for it is equine psychology you know and if you love the horse's brain and you love horses uh, it's a lot of fun
6: sure yeah absolutely
1: and it sounds like you're you're good with horses' brains, so that's really good. <laughs> well, thanks for joining us today. How do people get a hold of you uh, when you're back in Ohio again training? Uh, let us know. What's Do you have a website, Facebook page, phone number?
6: Yeah, sure. Uh, so Facebook is a wonderful tool, so you can look me up on there, uh, Adam Black Horsemanship. Um, that's probably the easiest way to get a hold of us, and I'd be happy to help anybody and everybody that I can with um, – any, you know, all the knowledge that I know and, and the knowledge that I'm learning. So,
1: Fantastic. So Adam Black, yeah. Horsemanship on Facebook. There aren't three of them or anything, right? It's just you. Nope. Okay. Yep. All right. Well, thanks again for being with us and taking your time out of all that much fun you were having today when right. I saw you last. So go back to it. Thank you much. I,
6: I
3: definitely will. Thank you. Okay. Thanks all for right. having me. Whisper the language of the herd you don't have to
2: say a word. It's time for Jamie Jennings to fetch an email from Monty Roberts' inbox and share a morsel of Monty's wisdom in a little segment we like to call Ask Monty.
0: Leave this world a better place in
5: the The magic in the language of the moon. Dear Monty, I have a 36 year old stallion, and for three years I have had a problem with him. Every time I walk my horse with a halter only to a venue to work with him, he just stands still on the road or in front of the door. I have the feeling he does not respect me. When my teacher, who has helped me learn to ride the horse, walks behind the two of us, he just walks in the indoor school hall right away. But if my friend does the same and urges him to move, my horse only makes one step. He does not only threaten to kick people, he does it. My friend has had an accident with this horse already. Could you please help? Monty's answer. At 36 years of age, this horse is, by most accepted standards, well into his 90s in human terms. No matter how difficult great-grandfather seems to be, the family generally doesn't discuss ways to retrain him. There comes a time for every person and every horse when responsibilities are a thing of the past, and retirement is well-earned in our 90s. I would do this old horse no favor if I started discussing ways to improve his behavior. Green grass, fresh water, and a loving person to groom and care for him is what this old fellow needs at this time— and all I would recommend for him. When you have a similar problem with a horse of an age more reasonable for training, then you
1: will find me recommending my Dooley Halter. For more of these insights into good horsemanship, go to www.montyroberts.com and click on the orange banner that says Get Free Horse Tips.
0: A couple of years ago, I don't know how long ago it was now, mm-hmm. but uh, we we uh, had you on a, a number of our shows talking yeah. about the Equus Online University, which had just yeah. come
1: out. It has developed. It's become better with the search engine in it, and it's become better with the forum because we have such an amazing for- You know a lot of those forums, people get on there and go, oh, no, you're not. Yes, you are. No, you're not. Yeah, Usually it's, it ends up with
0: the whiners on forums.
1: <laughs> exactly. Right. And it's not. What I see is a mentoring. Actually, it's it's almost the polar opposite because um the we we do give these rosettes out for people who've completed so many lessons and uh once the rosettes started now we have uh we're up to 5 rosettes uh, for somebody who's watched every lesson and you you have those rosettes by your forum uh personality and your profile and uh so you can really see who's watched all these things. So it gives them credibility when they come in and say, Hey, if you watched this lesson? So people come on there and they're using it as a um as a training tool, frankly, you know, and they get on there. And I- and I'm not bragging on on the university as the greatest training tool, which I think it is, but it's also a great place for people to be mentored as they begin their journey with horses. Um, it really, It really is cool. So when they watch the lessons, and they can watch them over and over again as many times as they want, they get the lesson notes, they get audio, they get visual, and then they've got the forum to kick around too. Plus we've got now since 2004 every week, Without fail, we put up a Q&A from Monty himself. He chose the question. He answered it and we put it in a database. And that's actually free for everybody to search and get to. It's, it's open on our, um, Equus Online University. In other words, it's a non subscriber open source forum too. Uh, not forum, but a Q&A base. Uh, the forum is not. You're, you're behind a subscriber wall for the forum, just so we know who's talking, but it is, um, it is, it's been an incredible experience, actually, to put these together with Stefan Peters and Will Simpson. You know who I'm talking about. These these guys have won everything yep. in their yep. worlds, and uh, Charlotte Bradalls, and and if I get started, Rich Richard Winners, and so many guest lecturers that are on there too. So some people ask, why is it called the University? Well, that's what a university is. It's uh, it's not just one opinion. It's not just one deliverer. You know, and and I think that's the difference between the uh, everybody is putting out a YouTube these days, and they're free. So people ask us sometimes, why do you charge like up to $10 a month? And well, it's it's expensive to make the university. Everybody knows quality is is uh, not cheap, but it, it's really our mission statement. And I know that sounds a bit trite, but it's true. When, you, when you've worked at it for five years, just to get all that quantified and on there, there are just almost no subjects we haven't covered at this point. But um, but Dad and I were looking at the list. and He goes, "Hey, I'm going to be making videos until well into my 90s." And I went, "Yes, <laughs> <So> <laughs> promise and sign here." <laughs> so, so we do have we do have a lot of subjects left to go, and a lot of people we want to still get on there. What do you think of it, Glenn? Well, I think that
0: one of the things about training horses, as it, same as training anything, really, no. uh, is that you're you're going through stages, and you're always coming up to a new. Problem to solve, uh-huh. or a new issue to deal with. And what I like about the university now that you have so much content on there mm-hmm. is that whatever issue you're running into, there's going to be something on there to help you. So not many people are going to go on there and watch all you know all the videos mm-hmm. uh, because there's just so many of them. What you're going what you're going to want to do is go on there and you're going to want to watch the videos that relate to the situation you're in currently with right. that particular horse. Um, and, and that's what I like about it is it has, it has so much content now that whatever you're dealing with, you're probably going to find an answer somewhere, somehow, and that's if it's not, you can go to the forum. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, true. that's what I, I really like about it is wherever you're at now is where you can find that situation. Plus, you know, YouTube is so full of crap now, and I'm not saying that every video on there is crap, but there are, we all know what we're talking about. Yeah. Uh, there are some that are, and, you know, one of the things that... I really like about this is you know you can trust it, uh, you know that w- what you're seeing is something you can trust. I've tried doing repairs on uh, appliances and things off of YouTube videos, <laughs> and and you know some of them are good, some are not so good, and some, one of the things I couldn't get back together again. So
1: oh. <laughs> you know, it's, you know that <laughs> at least you didn't hurt yourself. Right. That's
0: so <laughs> that's what I really like about it. And for that, yes, it costs a few it costs a few pennies to do it, but it's worth it. That's uh, nice. You know, that's it's worth it to do it right. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's it. And it is tried and true. Everything on there is so tried and true. If not, you know, we'd be, they'd be throwing tomatoes at us in the forum. (laughs) But it really does work. And, and we, we are so happy that uh, so many people have been um, interested enough at least to go there, you know, and I should plug in the the website right now is um, um because people can get a free day pass on there and go see what we're talking about. And uh, and check out that search engine too. You can put in the weird little keywords and you, you find all kinds of crazy stuff. It really is cool. And it breaks it down by um, not just the lessons first, then it goes into the Q&A database, and then it goes into the forum. So you can actually pick and choose where you um, pick up those keywords from too. So, um, it, it's great. And then you also have little challenge questions, which I love the little tests at the end. You know, there's always four questions at the end of your lesson to make sure that, you know, you were, you were watching. And, um, if, if you get it wrong, it just says, want to try again? <laughs> and so you, by process of elimination, you get it right. And then it, it moves you on. And that's how you get your rosettes that you've accomplished that, um, that lesson and that you get to move on. But I, you know, what you just said is so important because when we were setting this, idea up. Um, Nothing really existed like it. We didn't want it to be, first you have to do one, and then you have to do number two, and then you have to do number three, and like it was some sort of programmed Process yeah, because that never works. It doesn't. It, <laughs> no. you know, Because we wanted people who were amazing trainers to jump in there and go, this is what I, you know, what does Monty say about this? Or what does this trainer say about that? Uh, and they could be at a world-class level. Or it could be a very beginner saying, where do I start first? And you you can just go down the lessons if you want. But, you know, it's like you said. If all of a sudden you have a horse that won't load, and you didn't have one last week that didn't load, you know, you go to the loading lessons. Right, and it's exactly. a whole series on it. And And it's MontyRobertsUniversity.com? That's it. Yeah. Thanks for asking.
0: Where in the world is Monty Roberts?
1: Monty is looking forward to meeting some new friends, two-legged and four-legged, in February. We're deep into February here in an introductory course, Module 4, and they are preparing for the intro exams. Good for them. And then next week, we have a Gently Wild Horse course. That's uh, February 14 through 18, that'll be five days. Then in March, we have a horse sense in healing on the 4th through the 6th. That's for our veterans with first and first responders with post-traumatic stress. And then March 8 through 10, we've got our introductory course modules all in a row. Here we've got introductory course module 1. That's first steps to Monty's methods, the 8th through the 10th. Then 15 through 17, we have the introductory course module 2, which is join up. And then we have March 22 through 24, module 3, which is long lining. And and that is pretty darn special. You learn to double-line lunge or driving, which is uh, a lost art and a lot of fun. And then March 29 through 31, we have our module four again, that prep for the intro exams. We're going to have a lot of people taking the exams. Then April, we have four through eight, the introductory exams. There they come. And then April nine, we have a horsemanship 101. That's a one-dayer. And uh, we just, a a mother, sorry, a father, daughter, which I just love. A father, daughter come all the way from Maryland out for the last one. And they had a ball. And so, you know. The daughter taught the dad a lot of stuff on Horsemanship 101, and the the girl learned some new things, too. So it's a lot of fun to do a mother-daughter or a father-daughter or a girlfriend weekend and do those one-dayers. And then April 22 through 24, we have our Horsens in Healing again. And then April 25 through 29, we have our Gentling Wild Horse course. That's five days. Then in May, so we're getting way out there now, May 2 through 13, we have our advanced exams. And you know who you are who are coming for those advanced exams because you passed all your exams to get there. And then May 16 through June 3rd is the advanced course. And those are the ones that are going to be hopefully um, being able to take their advanced exams in the fall. So put that on your calendar. May 16 through June 3rd is the advanced course. And then June 2022, we have our fifth annual. The Movement, the Movement 22, 2022, which we talked about earlier, Jen. And um, I can't wait to reveal what we're going to be doing this year in June 17 through
2: 19. Dun, da, dun. For details about today's show, go to HorsemanshipRadio.com, where you will find links, photos, and more of information about today's guests and topics. We love your feedback, and a great way to give that to us is via social media. Monty Roberts is on Facebook. Just search for Monty Roberts and look for the one with the little blue check mark. On Twitter and on Instagram, it's Monty underscore Roberts. And many thanks to
1: our sponsors. Who are they? They are Hands-On Gloves, and they are American Harvest, Inc., we're using that supplement. That's amazing results there. And our reason for being in the first place, which is the RobertsUniversity.com. And be sure to visit all the other great shows, too. I do, on the Horse Radio Network at Horseradionetwork.com. Until next time, have many happy horse hours.